Does everybody know what time it is? It's time to grab Angela's ashes and head over to Finnegan's Wake, which is scheduled for Sunday Bloody Sunday. That's right. It's Garantwerk. Pack it up, move it in. Goodbye, Wilson. Your niece, your kin, Willows in a tailspin. She stays with the tailors. Family, her jailers. <laughs> she steps out late, doesn't call, and now Jill will assail her. Get up, stand up, come on, hit the clubs up. If you got the feeling, listen to Grunt Work, the only podcast about the TV show Home Improvement, filmed in stop-motion animation. <laughs> I... I am your host, Landon Giaguit Solano, joined always by my co-host, Truman Giais Miraguit Caps. I I am suddenly worried that I watched the wrong episode simply because I, I'm I'm not currently being shot in stop motion animation. I don't know if maybe you are. <laughs> D- uh, I am. I well, I I did watch right before this a. Uh, a film, a stop anim, stop motion animation film that was actually really disturbing. Um, it was House of dis- the Wolf. Uh, I I thought it was going to be the wrong trousers because what's more disturbing <laughs> than uh, an evil penguin uh, putting you in some robotic true, pants that aren't true. yours? I gotta watch those Wall- Wallace and Gromis. Oh my god! Well, oh man, oh man, I'm Wallace and grimacing already. It's gonna be a <laughs> it's gonna be an episode. Truman, it's good to see you. Landon, it's good to see you too. Um. I mean, quite an episode this week. I think th- I think that there was a. Uh, I I feel like we missed St. Patrick's Day, mm-hmm. like in real life. I feel like neither of us really celebrated it in a major way. But this episode felt like the St. Patty's celebration that we deserved. Yes. Um. Now, here, this is a weird thing about St. Patty's Day. It's not weird about St. Patty's Day. It's weird about me. I'm a weirdo. Okay. Yes. Here's the weird thing about me is I was really thrown off by the fact that it was on Thursday this year. Mm-hmm. I know it's always on the 17th. Yes. <laughs> but good. That's a good thing to know. For some reason, in the back of my head, I'm like, oh, it's always on a Wednesday. <laughs> um, not the case. It turned no. out this year. No, I mean, I feel like there was at least one year that I remember that it was on a Saturday. I remember early on living in L.A., waking up on a Saturday to my roommate blasting uh, Dropkick Murphys at 8 a.m. and getting drunk (laughs) off of Fireball while playing World of Warcraft. Oh, Uh, shit. Nowhere in my notes did I make a Departed reference. Oh, man. uh, What am I doing with my life? Oh, man, fucking Fireman. What are you going to do? I, you know, and I, I, I think that... I guess my biggest complaint about this episode is maybe not they didn't lean more into the St. Patrick's Day content. Mm-hmm. If I'm, if yeah. maybe, I don't know. I'm assuming you don't have any preamble, and I guess I'm just going into it a little too quickly here. <laughs> yeah, no. Let's uh, before you know what this is. We might have a, a quick episode this week. We'll find out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to take our listeners into our game. And Truman, we're in a new month. I was gonna, I was gonna say maybe let's not do it because they you got it last time. I nailed but it. I slam dunked it. <laughs> You you hit that out of the park, other sports metaphors. So, uh, but this episode is going to be airing in a new month. So I, I got to be fair to the, the patrons and give them an opportunity for you to do a doubleheader to score 
double uh, three throws. To, to, What's that called? Uh, yeah, no, to to uh, slam a basketball uh, straight into the goal pool. Yeah, uh, no, no, no. Put me on. Uh, put me on silent, man. I I, right. I I feel like I'm on a winning streak, and I look forward to the opportunity to uh, uh, earn people some more. I, I feel I I have the duty. To make sure people yep. don't pay for grunt work nights. That's the real thing. I'm more motivated <laughs> than true. ever to make sure that no one it's, spends money on that shit. So. Especially considering some of our topics lately. Oh, boy. Oh I boy. would agree. Um, yes. Okay. But let's introduce people to the game if you're just joining us. It's called Secret Password to Pee Wee's Playhouse. Hey, look at that. First time I ever got that right. Um, <laughs> where I have very chosen proud, a... Proud. Thank you. A secret word. And if Truman says it at any point in this episode, our patrons over at patreon.com slash gruntworkpod will get a free month of patron content. So without further ado, I am going to put myself on mute so Truman can't hear me tell you fine folks what the secret word is this week. And here we go. Bye. Truman cannot hear me now. The word this week is latchkey. Latchkey, as in a latchkey kid. I was a latchkey kid. I don't know if they call that that anymore, but we will find out. He has to say latchkey, and I'll try to steer the Willow conversation in that direction. Hey, Truman. Hey, Landon. How was your How was your chat with the listeners? Mm. Beautiful. They they were very understanding uh, of 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 just the way the episode is going so far, just and and me yeah. generally. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. That's good. Have they have they caught on yet to the fact that this that this show is basically us doing therapy and they're the therapist even though they don't know it? Because if they find that out, uh, no. we we might have some problems with our listenership. I feel more less like it's it's that they're the therapists than we are. Like, um, you, you ever see that Twilight Zone episode where they put the people in the human zoo? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, even if I hadn't seen it, that's a pretty that's a pretty self explanatory. I guess yeah, uh, you've seen Futurama. Yeah, um, it's yeah. For me, it's like we are in a glass encasement doing therapy, and people are watching us like we're in a zoo. <laughs> that's what I, I, it feels like to me. That that is that is a really good way to look at it. The way that I feel about it is that we are the catalyst for a lot of people listening to think, oh my god, what the fuck am I doing with my life, spending my time listening to this? I need to talk to a professional and, and figure out, <laughs> you know, how I can make some changes. Uh, we're oh, glad yeah. that you're here, and we're proud of what we do. So, Yes, Landon. and what we do is watch episodes of Home Improvement. This week, Beautiful. we watched Season 7, Episode 19, Oh, I almost went into the title, and I'm not oh, going to. Oh, Truman, you, oh man, because I've got to. You, you got to tell them what they uh, what it was about first, and then we'll go into our little game. Another okay. game. Another game. This this podcast is game heavy, and that's the way we like it. So, this week on Home Improvement, when yeah. Wilson gets his house fumigated for bats, his niece Willow comes to stay with the Taylors for a few days. Mm-hmm. But when she doesn't come home after a wild night of clubbing and bowling with drag queens, Jill launches a full-scale search and rescue operation to make sure that she's okay. Truman, I just did something um, that I haven't done in our five years of podcasting. It fell asleep I while took... I was... Oh. <laughs> no, I've done that before. Do okay. you not remember yeah, the actually... <laughs> season finale of six? Yes. No, okay. I do. I do now. Yes. All right. I don't. There's a second time asleep. for everything. It was great. I got a lot of good dunks in on you. I did. I did some oh, readings great. for my one man show. It was really nice. <laughs> um, I took a note while you Ooh. were uh, synopsizing, and I'm going to bring that up in the first scene. So, was, was it um, a note? A note about something I was saying, or just you happened to remember it while I was talking, and you were just doing no, some I, work while I was 
I give you the talking. props. You 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 were the one that prompted it. So. Oh, okay, okay. Well, good. I'm glad. I'm glad yeah. that my uh, you know it's no haiku. I didn't write a haiku of my synopsis, so I, I guess that's <laughs> you know th- that's what I give you instead is a prompt to do some note taking. I like it. Um, do you want to guess the title of this episode? I w- I'd love to. I I respect your restraint and only halfway sing songing it at the end. <laughs> All right. Thank you. I got I got music in my heart. Uh, well, that's that's a great place to have it. If you've got music in your colon, though, you should talk to a doctor because it shouldn't be there. No. Um, all right. So my first option for a title for this episode, Willow Talk. Oh, okay. Now, there's Is the term. Is that a play on something? It's a play on the term pillow talk. Oh, and pi- oh yeah, yeah. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah and like a lot it. of the episode is them talking about Willow. Yeah, okay. And so. she's staying out all night. She should be putting her head on the pillow. Yes, exactly. That was my secondary meaning. This has layers <laughs> like ogres and onions. Next option. Uh, uh-huh. Good willow hunting. <laughs> yeah, it would be appropriate. Um, it, this came out after good willow hunting. Yeah, okay, okay. Yeah. Now, everybody stay tuned because if you think about this one for a second, it's actually brilliant. Okay. okay. Willow in the wind. Ooh. Yeah. Dude. Thank you. Right? That is fucking chef's kiss. That's, oh, man. I love that. Ooh, it has nice aftertaste and everything. Yeah. Everything no, about it. I love it. It's 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 excellent. You know what? Hey, it's yours. Keep it for free. No. Um, we're, we're giving it to Home Improvement. That is the new title of this episode, which <laughs> is based on a movie. Well, okay. Mine is technically based on a movie, too. I mean... <laughs> Well, I know that's what I'm saying. It's, it's it, so you were on the right track, is what I was getting at. Mm. I I would be I don't know. I, I feel like this may fall out of the purview of your pop culture, your specific pop culture. Like it's I mean, a little little before your time, uh, mm. and it was very of the time when it came out. Uh, I mean, as always, I have to get a shot in there for the uh, famous cinematically significant Nazi propaganda film, Triumph of the Willow. Uh, (laughs) One of these days, I'll stop suggesting that for Wilson or Willow-related titles, but today is not that day. Um, Um, No, it doesn't star Hitler, but it stars uh, (laughs) Rosanna Arquette and Madonna. Oh, boy. Rosanna Arquette and Madonna. Donna, I should know this, uh, but I, uh, 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 well, I just go to Madonna's filmography, uh, 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 oh, sh- uh, Shanghai Surprise? Who's that girl? Uh, oh, wait, oh, wait, no, I think, I, I think I've, uh, Four Willows, Dangerous Willows, <laughs> Madam Willow, Swept a Willow. A League of My Willow. Yes. <laughs> Uh, Willow Tracy, Dick Willow, Bloodhounds of Willow. Uh, no, it's probably <laughs> none of them. It's it's probably desperately seeking Willow. Am I right? It is. Yeah, ding, ding, that ding. would be the one. You've got ding, it. Ding, You've cheated, but you got it. Now, I I definitely yeah I seeded I, I seeded any chance at legitimately winning that one as soon as I went to the Wikipedia page. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, honestly though, still strong b plus for i mean that that accurately sums up what they're doing in this episode and had i had i dug a little deeper had i not hit a perfect title early on i uh probably would have found that one yeah yeah wise guy eh um this episode aired march 17th 1998 on 
St. Patrick's Day. So Ooh. it had that going for it. Directed Mighty by Peter not. Bonners and written, oh my goodness, Truman, two weeks in a row, we have a new writer. What? Uh, oops, I went to what? the wrong friggin' page. What's wrong they, with you, dude? They've hired um, a new writer. A, a new writer this week by the name of Jennifer Fisher. Oh, I already pulled it up. I, all of that work for nothing. Not not to be confused uh, with Jenna Fisher from The Office and the popular Office Ladies I, podcast. I, I pulled the uh, page up on my computer um, earlier this afternoon, and when I came back, I'm like, why do I have Jenna Fisher's page open? And I'm like, oh, wait, no, it's not. It's the writer of the episode. Uh yeah, well, I think I think she did an okay job. What else has she has she worked on anything else before this? Yeah, she's uh, before this she wrote briefly on Ellen. Um, mm-hmm. That was the scripted show, not the talk show. Obviously, I, I figured it because it's the nineties. <laughs> I'm not I'm not that young, Landon. I know that Ellen she, had a career before the TV show. Well, I know, but I just want to clarify. They're both called Ellen, so I wanted <laughs> to just say which was which. Okay, um, I retract my statement. I'm sorry, Landon. <laughs> was a writer. For two other big TV shows, uh, Titus, oh. if you remember that show. Oh, I remember Titus. It wasn't on for very long, but it got a lot of critical no. acclaim. Yeah, and the Bill Ingvall show. Oh, my. I mean, that seems like it's on the on the other end completely of the spectrum from Titus. <laughs> but isn't, isn't though, wasn't Nancy Travis? Yeah, Nancy Travis was the, the wife on that show. Oh. And famously would go on to be the wife of Tim Allen on Last Man Standing. Well, there you go. It all connects. Landon, what did you think of this episode of Home Improvement? Oh, you bitch. Oh, yeah, man, I, you that's, got me. I got, I got you good. Oh, you you have to now tell me your thoughts. I guess that's the rules, right? Otherwise, you steal my soul. Yeah, um, and, and I and I want your soul a lot. It's gonna. <laughs> I'm, I have so many big plans for what I'm going to do with it. Maybe I'm feeling a little optimistic, but uh, this is going to be a backhanded compliment. <laughs> okay, okay, nice. But I feel like... If these are the worst episodes we get these days, I'm okay with it. Jesus. Like, I prefer Forgettable over some of the things we've had in the past. Now, which is to say, this isn't a bad episode. It's just, like, it went through my head like a ghost train in Ghostbusters 2. <laughs> <laughs> It, it it walked it walked through your body like the ghost statue of liberty in ghostbusters 2 <laughs> that was a tangible object that wasn't a ghost okay i'm um, sorry well ghost energy made it do it landon <laughs> which was also tangible okay just if we get into ghostbusters Although, 2 this is not going to be a quick episode <laughs> uh yeah so i don't know i thought it was just kind of an okay episode um and yeah i'm not going to remember much of it and i think we're lucky that like this is the worst of it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I Which certain... is to say it's not bad at all. Yeah. Just forgettable. It, yeah. The, the the baseline for what a home improvement episode can be has raised so much over yeah. the course of the series. It's true. It's true. Yeah. How did you feel about it? I also uh, have some good news, but I want to hear how you feel about it first. Oh, good. okay. So I just have to anticipate this good news the entire time. Yeah, you do. Yeah. This episode, uh, you know... I'm not going to say that it made me like the toaster in Ghostbusters 2 when they put the sludge from under New York City into it. It didn't make me yeah. start dancing around when they play R&B music, but I actually <laughs> thought it was a solid episode. Like, I um, okay. I guess much like the Ghost Statue of Liberty, I thought it was solid and tangible. I, <laughs> I would agree that it's not like an A-tier episode. I liked it a yeah. lot more than the past few that we've had, and I, I think that your reaction to this episode is the same as reactions I have had to some previous ones where I've mm-hmm. thought they were completely forgettable, 
and and you enjoyed them and thought that they were they were strong. You know, I, I like it. I think that and listen, also, I think that I should get extra points for liking it because we all know I'm not exactly Willow's biggest fan. You're not. And she's a big focus of this episode. But I think this is the first episode where they've managed to dial back on her above it all meta vibe enough that I can actually mm. hear her dialogue without doing a cringe. Yeah. Um I, I think I think that the I I understand why you forgot this episode immediately after watching it because it seems like most of the episode is the family sitting around the house talking about where Willow might be. Which <laughs> yeah, is there's not a lot actually happening. Not not great. Not super exciting stuff. Totally agree with you. However, I I find it really in what I find endearing about this episode is how concerned Jill is for Willow's well being. Yeah. Her will being, if you will. Oh. <laughs> I won't I oh. won't do that at all. No thank you. you. Okay, I, send back I, to the kitchen. <laughs> Uh, you're just gonna get it back with spit in it a little dude. longer before you bring it back uh you know chef prefers that you have it rare but whatever um put ketchup think, on it okay <laughs> i think that um i think that in light of what we learned about jill in the weed episode how she was kind yeah. of a rambunctious youth seeing her be so worried about willow and concerned for her well-being and how she goes and when she eventually finds willow talks to her about how much the family loves her and how yeah you need your family to us you need to check in with us i thought that was really sweet both in terms of willow who like has been looking for that kind of connection and in terms of jill who has always wanted a daughter and has kind of tried to find that in relationships with other young women so there, I, there's certainly a lot of merit to this episode i i yes. think there are some really funny moments what you're everything you're saying um and i am a willow i wouldn't say i'm a willow fan but i'm much more forgiving of her than you are yes um you know like uh, to have her kind of centered okay now here's the thing <laughs> china kantner has been on the show what this is her fifth episode yeah and we probably. got an episode about her that had more of her in it than a Heidi episode has Heidi in it. That kind of annoys me, but uh, yes. Um, that said, uh, there, yeah, there's a lot of laughs in this episode, and I, I do think that there is some like accumulation of Jill's character and other characters on the show that it's it's nice to see them paying lip service to. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Do you have one more thing? I have one more thing. I oh just want to call it out now, and we'll discuss it later. Mark yeah. has some banger lines yes. in this episode. That Mark was gets, one of the merits. <laughs> I, this is a huge merit. Okay, then we don't need to talk about it anymore. We'll get to it in in the okay. time. I just I just want to yeah. I just want to call out the episode did right on that one. I did right on yes. a bunch of things for my for my money. And you know I've been a Mark fanboy from the beginning. Oh, I know you've been a marked man, and I have uh, I have had to come around <laughs> to the to the way of Mark. Well, Truman, before I give you the good news, I have to ask uh, on behalf of our listeners. Um, how did knowing that good news is coming alter how you presented your your personal reflections this week? Well, I mean, I think it I think it added a little bit. It added a sense of anticipation more than anything, which I hope influenced my my performance. That you get the sense did it make of you kind sweat? of it did make me sweat. Well, I mean, I think my just like the atmospheric conditions in my office kind <laughs> of made me sweat more than anything. Um, is this you trying to guide me towards the Peavy's Playhouse word early in the episode, or, or are you building up for a really big reveal? I'll never tell. Uh. <laughs> Sorry, that was my response to your joke. I just, I can't, a land in falsetto voice is not something I'm ever prepared for. Uh, 
Can you just t- can you tell me the good news? If it's that he is risen, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be pretty mad though. Oh my god. <clears throat> well, I don't know. Maybe maybe this comes as neutral news to you this time um, after your your response to Willow. But uh, this is her last appearance. What? Oh. Yeah. Well, wait now. Well, <laughs> okay. Well, actually, this is bad news. Wait now. Oh, no, I don't no. know. I don't know how I feel about Willow now. Shit. I th- I was so excited for Why would they have this big de- character development episode of Willow? Like, I just started liking Willow, and you take Willow away? This is bullshit. This isn't good oh, news. Oh, no. This isn't good news uh, at all. I was like, I, okay, I'm great. Sorry. This is going to take them in a whole new direction, and Jill, and <laughs> wow. It would have been I one thing. I shouldn't have said anything, and then it was just faded away over the next year. It would have been one thing if Willow just, like, you know, after one of the other episodes where she's just like a one-off appearance in the backyard talking about she gets bloated on her period or something. That would have been one oh, thing geez. if then like, oh, yeah, we haven't seen Willow in a while. Oh, yeah, that was her last episode. But for the to have a Willow-centric episode and then yank her out, I'm suddenly just so <laughs> concerned for Wilson. How are they going to explain this to Wilson that she's not I on the show anymore? I, I don't know. We'll oh, find man. out. There's going to oh. be some sort of huge explanation in the, in the coming episodes. <sighs> I hope so. God. <laughs> now, in light of all that, in light of the fact that it's her last episode, I mean, the episode ends with Jill saying, you're part of the family now. She, and I believed her because I trust Jill. This is terrible. This oh, is like, no. This is like that experiment they did with monkeys where they gave them a, a like, a, a, they isolated them and they gave them the, the fake mother and they took the fake mother away. And now I'm a, now I'm a broken oh, monkey. Ah, oh, Jesus. <laughs> Landon. If grunt work has accomplished anything, it's that it's made Truman a broken monkey. Uh, I, I was never a fully functional <laughs> monkey to begin with, but uh, right. less so now. <laughs> let's uh, then let's get our number to the local. Our let's get the number to our local police department. Call mm-hmm. them and provide them with specific physical characteristics, age, and last known uh, location. Then contact friends and known associates while keeping diligent records of everyone we speak to, including hospitals, shelters, and emergency rooms, and put out alerts on social media, flyers in frequently visited areas, driving around locally, checking the personal finances, and if we have to, hire a private investigator to help us find the missing deep dive. Wow. I mean, I mean, I know that sometimes our episodes kind of meander before they get to the deep dive, but I feel like in this case, we actually found it fairly quickly. So we should probably take down some of the flyers we put up. I guess. Yeah, I guess so. Because uh, we can get fined for that if we don't have a permit. Yeah, that absolutely. We don't want to face any of those nice phone poles around town. So it's St. <laughs> Patrick's Day on Tool Time. It is. We come back from commercial to find Heidi doing a little Irish jig to some commercial bumper music and the grunt creep in the rafters swinging a flag around. Um, uh, Tim and I- From the monitor. Yeah, oh, from the monitor. An Irish flag, and he's wearing an Irish hat. Okay, okay. I mean, I I said swinging a flag around. I hope it was kind of implied that it would be an Irish flag. Um, I don't know. He's coming from the void. You never know. Yeah, I, I, yes, you're right. The troubles were very different down there. Uh, so, uh, the, in celebration of uh, St. Patrick's Day on Tool Time, they want to talk about how working people celebrate St. Patrick's Day, the working man's holiday. So they have the K and B guys come out to celebrate, 
and uh, they uh, they serve a little food out of their uh, out of their toolbox, and then they sing a song about Mountain Dew, and then <laughs> Al falls down. A uh, very simple tool time segment. And then we go to then we go to the opening credits. Okay, <laughs> okay, okay. Um, was this something they said, or is it something? Is this a, a Truman Caps original that it's the working man's holiday? I, no, they specifically said it's a. Okay. It, yeah, this is not just my like, you know, vaguely socialist whatever milieu. That, that that's actually they say this. St. <laughs> Patrick's Day is the working man's holiday. Like, yeah. oh no, the Canby guys are coming out to show how working men celebrate St. Patrick's Day. That, I think that's how their working, line. Okay, that because that okay that that's a little bit different. Because I was going to say to assume that St. Patrick's Day, the Irish holiday of celebration, is about working people like. That's true to some degree, but it's it's you know. I mean, if you if you look at the role of the Irish as like immigrant labor and their role as working people in construction yes, and yes. other thankless jobs, eh, I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm not I'm I'm not you know here to do a whole whole hooray. I, well, okay, I'm not I'm not here to tear down the Irish either. I'm just saying maybe that's their thinking. I think May Day is more of a working man's holiday. Um, <laughs> I think I think Monday is. Uh, I think I think you're out of touch with the working man. Um, <laughs> this tool time segment. Now that I read the yep. synopsis of it, seems pretty discombobulated. But I have to admit, it, it kind of is. <laughs> what? But it's dis it's it's discombobulated of a bunch of really funny bobs. Like I think all of the bits in <laughs> it are little, good. A, a few humorous elateds as well. Yes. Um, okay. So I, I my first note here is we start with. Uh, Heidi doing a little jig on the monitors and mm-hmm. she laughs at herself in like a genuine way and I'm just like I I love you Heidi yeah it's um, nice but then it cuts to them starting the show and behind them is a uh, cabinet of fine china or you know uh, <laughs> painted china uh, delicate dishes let's just put it that way yeah and I was already kind of like holding my breath going oh guys you did this already and it was one of my favorite bits please don't ruin it but then they make it better. Oh my god, such a <laughs> because it already happened. We're coming back from commercial, and you see that behind them, and they uh, thank the previous guest, and you just hear this sweeping up of shards off the ground. <laughs> and then Al walks him off stage, which you know is also funny that that didn't happen during the commercial break. <laughs> yeah, that he was cleaning up all through the commercial. And then he says to him, you knew this was a possibility when you came on the show, and then just kind of, like, pushes him out the door. This very dejected man in a green shirt with his with his head hung low, carrying this dustpan full of the remains of his Waterford crystal collection that he brought. <laughs> and the funny thing is, like, he left it, the rest of them, on the stage. So. Yes. I don't Open need them to, anymore. Open to more damage throughout the episode. If it's not a complete set... Fuck it, get rid of it. What I like, <laughs> what I like about this, it's Frazier did a similar thing late in the series, where one episode just starts in the middle of one of the the dinners at the Crane House, and you I just see that, yeah. like, yeah, you know, like you know, it's in in the middle of of Frazier's dad yeah. having to pretend to be a count from Europe, and like, and <laughs> Frazier pretending to have dyslexia or something. Like they, they just, <laughs> the the title card opening that episode is like, you know, how we got here. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yes, exactly, exactly. Like, I love it when a show is confident enough in the bits that it does that it doesn't give you all of the bit. Like, if they yeah. had shown the crystal breaking, this would we wouldn't even be talking about it. But the fact that they yeah. trust us to know what's happened makes this an all-time great. <laughs> um, We get K&B back. And what's more, we get the original, the OG K&B. Oh, my God. So good. So good seeing these guys again. The bits they do. It's been a while since we've had Rock. We've had Pete and Dwayne on quite a bit. Yeah, yeah, no, to get to get the to get the royal flush, the full house, whatever whatever you want to call it. I know it's just three, so it doesn't really line up with poker. Three of a kind. A three of a kind. That's (laughs) probably one. I'm not great at poker. If if anybody ever wants to win some money, there's your there's your tip. Um, (laughs) If I can get you to play, then maybe. Well, I, that's the thing, and I know I know not to play poker because I've lost a bunch of money and some friends uh, and cried. <laughs> uh, but they, yeah, see, seeing the K&B guys come out, it doesn't matter if the bit is funny anymore. I am so excited to see them, and they bring such fun energy to every one of their so appearances. They're just, they're so happy to be on Home Improvement, <laughs> I mean, and I love it. I, I, uh, this is all speculation. Obviously, there's been nothing to the, the to support this at all. But I feel like Casey Sanders just like doing a rail of coke before he walks out on set. <laughs> like his energy level is like I just had pixie sticks for lunch, <laughs> and, and followed by a rail of coke. Like the two the two most uh, aggravating Sometimes powders you- there are. <laughs> Sometimes you mix the two up and you you snort a you you do a rail of pixie sticks. Uh, yeah, that's uh, that's actually what killed John Belushi. So don't don't joke about that shit. Um, yeah, well, look, if that's what he's doing, it's working. The, the, I can't argue with the results. Um, so did you did you remember the song that they sang? Did it sound familiar to you? I forgot they even sang a song here. Um, my note. Was musical, but not not in terms of music. Tell me, tell me, G- give me more. Okay, so they sing an old Irish song called Mountain Dew, and I admit that the, yeah. that that maybe it doesn't sound as familiar as we've heard it before. But I I ask here. Let me just say, I'll, I, this isn't the exact line from it, but um, okay, all right. Every night, my brothers and I would fall asleep listening to the sounds of our father working on the plane out in the barn, and to us, oh. it was like a lullaby. The good old Mountain Dew. Yeah, see, it's the song from Wild America that the dad sings and he farts at the end. And then Jonathan wow. Taylor Thomas and his brothers sing it to the bears and then they fart at the end. And when I was watching it, my my stream of the movie ended immediately after the fart and I had to restart it. And I thought briefly about how much better the movie would have been if it had ended with them farting. That's what you all remember from se- from last season. Um, It's that song. It's the Mountain Dew wow. song. I, I good good connection there. Good reference pickup. I mean, there's only so many songs about Mountain Dew. I mean, it's not that's, like it was true. Like they they said we're singing a song called Mountain Dew, and it's odd that they said we're singing a song called Mountain Dew, and no one referenced the very popular soda that had been in existence for like twenty or thirty years at this point. True. Yeah. Um. um I want want to mention just real quick, though, that the intro to this whole idea of them singing, which is that uh, one of the ways they get by on, you know, the 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 dangerous tundra called construction, (laughs) they they while away the days in the the gulag of the K&B projects that they do is uh, they sing. 
then they mm-hmm. they do these little um not limericks but just Irish songs. Yeah. And I so Dwayne kind of introduces the concept. Dwayne is the mustachioed shorter one, mm-hmm. the bald guy. And we've seen him a number of times on the show by this point. Um I'm glad he has his mustache back that really threw me off last time he was on. Oh yeah. Um yeah. he is like He's become a caricature of himself, and it <laughs> delights me in a in a way I wasn't expecting. Because even I'm, even among the K and B guys who themselves yes. are caricatures of construction workers, this guy is a caricature. <laughs> because when Tim he he talks about you know singing songs, and then Dwayne just kind of leans in in the way he kind of like leads with his shoulder into frame when he's when he's got a line, and he's like. Perhaps we can regale you with some of the songs we sing while we're on the job. <laughs> he look, you know, who you don't need corned beef and cabbage when you're chewing on the scenery. <laughs> it's a it's a very it's a very like minor character in a Coen Brothers movie delivery. <laughs> yeah, it totally is. Um. So, go through a little bit of why. What else they they display while they're uh, on the show? Because they're not here just to sing. Yeah. So they show off their. Uh, they, they they open up their their uh, toolbox, which has corned beef and cabbage on the top layer, and then they've got stew in in the base of it. And Al takes a bite of it right as they say, "Yeah, that's normally where we keep the WD forty." And then Richard Carn does a bunch of great being visibly nauseated business that I that I like quite a lot. Um so the yeah so that's that's kind of the that's kind of the lead in. The next thing I have is yeah. is the dancing. Uh oh my god, the dancing. I just uh, want a loop of Heidi and Al dancing together, Irish I, jigs forever, after, just looping forever. After the after the last episode we had, it was the last episode, right? Like with the with the two of them, where there where yeah. there's all that. St- I don't know. I think that's a beautiful coda to that. That now they're just now they're just enthusiastically Irish uh, Irish Highlands <laughs> dancing together. I, I also love that Tim is not participating in the dancing. Yeah. Like for how much clownish shit Tim does on this show, it's like he won't dance. But Al has no issue whatsoever. <laughs> I think it's because he knows he has a killer last line to this cold open. Oh, man. So they warn Al as he's dancing, and then he slips in some of the spilled WD-40 stew and falls down behind the uh, the the uh, table. And Worth mentioning, we don't see it, but leading into this uh, segment is they were doing lacquer on a chair, uh, green lacquer. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because that's and- what he falls in. Yes, and so uh, so the he he trips and falls. The song ends. Tim says, "Give it up for the boys from K and B." And right as he says it, Al picks himself up from behind the table with his face covered in green paint. And Tim goes, "And Al Green." <laughs> <laughs> I have to give it to uh, give it to you. Uh, that was an Al wordplay that is just a thousand chef's kisses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I I think about that joke and I say, let's get together because it is <laughs> really, really superb. Uh, it's it's a good one. The, the, yeah, but again, like as as a whole, this tool time segment is kind of disjointed, but like it's composed yeah. of like four or five individual bits that totally slap. Uh, I love it. <laughs> Highlight of the episode. Um, I had one more note, uh, and this is just more of a a question that doesn't 
I guess need to be answered, but I'll allow it. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I'm wondering, uh, this is the only time that um, K&B was on a, a Willow episode, and we mm. know the uh, the patronage, that's not the word I want to use, the parentage of uh, China Kantner from mm-hmm. Jefferson Starship and yeah, Airplane. Yeah, and Airplane, and yeah. That uh, Mickey Jones was a huge drummer in his own right, mm-hmm. uh, playing with you know many famous bands. Um, I'm wondering if they got got to jam out a little bit. Oh, if they ever did a did a session together or something like that. Yeah, yeah. That would By be... the way, I'm just looking uh, on some trivia for Mickey Jones. He has 17 gold records. Jesus Christ! Well, what did he need <laughs> home improvement for? I don't know. He's played with Kenny Rogers, the first edition, Johnny Rivers, and Trini Lopez. So, wow, that's good, man. Way, way to, way to jam out. He and 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 he can also sing. He's also got a good set of pipes. <laughs> yeah, good old Mountain Dew. Um, <laughs> so that takes us to the opening credits. We get a very special transition. Oh, I don't remember a very special transition. Oh, you don't? No, I don't. It was the entirety of Leprechaun Four. Oh no. <laughs> No wonder this episode took us so long to watch and so long to record the subsequent podcast about. Uh, man. No, it was a, a, a stop motion um, leprechaun, which I just thought was, well, I guess, I don't know, it's appropriate, I guess, for the episode, but also uh, would have liked, I don't know, some sort of reference to uh, Debbie Dunning's turn you, in leprechaun you, form. You would have liked Heidi to have shot it or something like that? <laughs> Pissed on its head. I, but, mm, well, I mean, that would be a that that would be a very very spicy start to an episode of primetime television. Um, <laughs> well, we've I, seen sperm on the show, so I, I yeah, so yep, golden showers are the next inevitable step in the process. Uh, <laughs> I I will I will say I must have been looking down at my screen, writing down some note about the Mountain Dew song because I do not I did not see the claymation leprechaun. Otherwise, I would have mentioned it. Oh well, there you go. That's my excuse for why I didn't. Anyway, onward. Anyway. Uh, oh, yeah. Okay, so we come back from the, the theme song, and Jill is in the backyard. It's um, springtime. I wish it was springtime here on <laughs> in, in real uh, life. St. Patrick's Day. It's not. It was 16 degrees yesterday morning. Um, she's out in the yard uh, starting to plant the bulbs for the summer, and uh, they hear Wilson outside. He is gearing up to head out to Dublin, uh, oh. Dublin, Ohio, that is. Oh. A real place. I looked it up. Um, he says, uh, uh, Wilson asks the tailors if Willow can maybe stay with them for three days. He doesn't like the prospects she has lined up for herself. Uh, Jill says, fuck yeah, she can. Willow comes out and says, really? I can stay with you? And she says, fuck yeah, you can. Bitch, get uh, in here. <laughs> the <laughs> exterminator starts exterminating. Um, so thoughts. I want to okay. I got. I got. A, I got the first thing, which is okay. the episode starts. The scene starts. Um, you know, credits are rolling, mm-hmm. and you remember last year around this time when Saint Patrick's spring Day, was, spring was starting. Yeah, uh, on Home Improvement, that is that we talked about a transition <laughs> of a butterfly flying out and Jill watching it and Wilson watching mm-hmm. it and it mm-hmm. flying away. Yeah. Um, they brought the butterfly back. We're not even, like, transitioning. This was just, like, a little added flourish for some reason. I didn't – I mean, I thought I remembered seeing something flying around. I never thought to connect that it was the, It was that weird CGI butterfly. Like, <laughs> do you think yeah. it's 
do you think it's like the grunt creep's friend or something? Like the grunt creep is in every episode, but the butterfly only appears once per episode. The grunt fly once per season. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, it comes out of its cocoon. <laughs> is is the butterfly what the, the grunt creep turns into? <laughs> <laughs> So wait, but then what is what? So the grunt creep is the anthropomorphized logo for the TV show Home Improvement. Is, is yeah. the butterfly a logo for something else? Like, what does a butterfly represent? Uh, <laughs> I I uh, I can't I, believe you know it's what? not I butter. Didn't do I my guess. Stretch. <laughs> I got nothing. Okay, yeah, that's it. It's I can't believe it's not butter. You broke me. I I'm sorry. Well, we were both pretty close on this episode. <laughs> Such a non sequitur <laughs> that it broke my brain. Well, um, the word butter is in butterfly, so it's it's all close. I can't believe it's not butterfly. Jesus fucking Christ. Let's talk about the spud gun. Yeah, so Tim, ha- J- you know, Jill is planting the bulbs by hand like a total uh, like a total nerd, but Jim... Jim. <laughs> Jim again. Jim again. Who is this Jim? He's looking directly at the camera. He's flirting <laughs> like with all the ladies. more money... It's one thing to mix up the kids on the show. It's another thing to, <laughs> to mix up the lead actor whose name character name is the same as the actor name. Yeah, that's pretty egregious that I'm that I'm getting bombarded with this man's name doubly so and I still can't remember it. Tim <laughs> comes Tim. out into the yard with uh, yes, uh, I with know him. his bulb blaster, which is a gun that shoots tulip bulbs deep down into the ground. Um yeah, I mean, I, 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 they, they have this gun. They introduce it's Chekhov's uh, bulb blaster. They introduce it in the first scene. They have it briefly in the next scene, and then yeah. it disappears. That's all. That's all the bulb gun that we get. And I guess I'm not necessarily complaining because I don't know how funny I think it is. I just think they brought it back once. It's kind of weird that it doesn't come back in a big way to like solve the problem or something. Like, like shooting a bulb into the dirt would somehow help them uh, find Willow. Yeah, well, right. I don't know. Um, I leave it to Tim to find some way to try to turn it into <laughs> something, but uh, like to splat the flyers on trees or something with one shot. That would make um, sense. Yeah, I, I just have questions about it. Like, I get the the whole concept. He's going to be shooting the bulbs into the ground instead of you know digging them out one by one. Okay, mm-hmm. great. Thanks, Tim. Yeah, but more he's power. <laughs> wearing. A bandolier. Yes. Uh, the cross to, you know, bandoliers. One is actual shotgun shells. Yep, yep, totally true. Which, okay, I'll give it to them. Maybe they're blanks that help shoot the bulbs out. That's the power source, whatever. Uh, it's not just an air gun, because leave it to Tim, who wanted to put a shotgun shell in a golf club last episode. Yeah. My my <laughs> thinking was actually that he, he only had the shotgun shells on there because he was going to go golfing after the gardening is done. <laughs> Actually, a bandolier of tees and golf balls that uh, so I don't have to keep going back to the cart when I go in the water. That would be I, I'd invest in that actually. I, I, yeah, you know, look if 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 golf attire became less uh, uh, plaid and weird pantaloons and, and more, more Rambo, yeah, more Rambo or more like the man with no name and the good, the bad, and the ugly. Like you know, <laughs> it just just a serape and a bandolier of tees and balls. I might I would be more open to golf as an institution. <laughs> um. But the the other bandolier that isn't shotgun shells. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know if they're supposed to be bulbs, which would make sense. But they seem big for bulbs. <laughs> I like big bulbs, and I cannot lie. 
we're also not talking about potatoes, so they can't possibly be potatoes, but they look like potatoes. I mean, well, if they were potatoes, he would have called it a spud gun and we'd be right there. Which is why I called it a spud gun. And okay, okay, that now now it makes sense why you did that. And also it would just make sense for St. Patrick's Day also to just be doing I, a potato I, thing in the backyard. That's what I'm wondering. Like he loads it up with a potato at one point. Am I just I'm, being Irish racist by assuming they're potatoes? I mean, I'm trying to watch it while we talk here. It's not doing me oh, any favors. I, I mean, I don't know. I don't think you're being. I don't think you're being Irish racist. Um, and and even if you are, I've taken enough shots at Italy. I think that you can take one shot at a different type of ethnic white people. Um, Wait, that, you don't have the right to make that call. I mean, okay. I guess you're. Well, I might. I might be Irish. You're not I Irish. Don't really know. Well, I know that I'm at least a quarter Finnish, but there might be some Irish in there anyway. So I might be <laughs> able to make like seventy at up to seventy five percent of that call, probably less. Um, okay. All right. Uh, so otherwise, I don't know. I mean, is the, do you have anything else? Wilson's filling the house with nerve gas to kill bats. That seems like an interesting yeah, thing to do. Uh, that was the note I wrote down during your synopsis. Was I missed the bat part of uh, the extermination? Um, I just find that interesting that he is going to be killing bats. I mean, Wilson seems like the type of dude who has a bat room. Yeah, I mean, well, and he also, I mean, he has... Well, I'm he, sure, I mean, it's a pretty big enough house. He's probably got a three-bedroom, two-bat room. Oh, my God. <laughs> I don't know if I feel like, I don't know if I feel like Al when Tim makes a joke on Tool Time that's bad wordplay, or if I feel like Tim when Al on Tool Time makes a joke and it's bad wordplay. I, either way, I don't know, but I know how Al feels distorted his own jokes because I yeah. just did that. Okay, well, I guess I'll make some crude remark about me not paying you to do your job anymore, or okay. I'll just hiss at you. Um, I, I, what I find surprising about it is that Wilson is known to have at least one room in the house that has like a feral parrot living in it. So right. is he just, when he fumigates for the bats? Is he just assuming that the parrot is going to die too? And he's like, well, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, uh, bird neighbor, uh, you didn't want to get in the cage when I asked you to come with me. So uh, in, enjoy the <laughs> enjoy the great beyond. Yeah, well, there's levels to this that don't make sense. One, I feel like he would just be cultivating bats. That just seems like something Wilson would do. But if he wasn't, the second layer of this is then he would be hunting them himself for food. Yeah. Oh, I love the the the... the licorice nature of bat wings Tim. oh god i mean yeah that is that that is strange that there's not a single reference to him eating bats in this episode like it, even if he could have said something like it's a shame to have to nerve gas them i much prefer you know i prefer to hunt them ethically so i can taste their flesh but uh yeah yeah it, also just wilson doesn't strike me as the kind of guy who would who would view bats in his attic as a problem to be solved yeah. rather than an opportunity just... to explore and I don't see any situation in which he would see extermination, in, especially in the form of nerve gas, as a solution to something. Yeah, is is Saddam Hussein his exterminator, by the way? Like, they use the term nerve gas repeatedly, and it's like, guys, that was actually being used on human beings at roughly the same time as this episode came out. <laughs> Maybe that's why it was in their head. Yeah. Um, and in the bats' when, heads, too. When, uh, now you didn't know at the beginning of this episode what it would turn into, 
Uh, but I heard the second that Willow walked out into the backyard, you moan from across the country. You know, yes, I did. But almost immediately, though, her her the way that she's speaking now, it's it's less. You ever had a soy key? And we're like, <laughs> hey, Mister and Missus Taylor, and just that much change I can handle. Like that mm. that much, it's it's a matter of degrees. Like it gets exponentially worse. Any any more kind of <laughs> self aware laughing at herself, not taking it seriously, hippie she gets. But the, like where yeah. she dialed it up to is like the lowest possible point or highest po- i don't know it's <laughs> it's it's a point at which i can tolerate it so i, right. I it's it's re-entered your threshold it was it was a knee-jerk reaction whatever shout you heard from across the country but i was able to i then gave her a chance and i thought okay, oh, okay this, right. this is actually you know by the end of the episode by the end of the scene at least i was like okay you know what i'm excited to see what happens when she stays with the taylors i'm excited <laughs> to have a lot of scenes with wilson or with willow interacting with the taylors which uh, is not exactly what we wound up getting in this episode no no it's not um okay so she's gonna go live with the taylors take us into the next scene we get a a gas transition takes us to the living room Yes, and boy, oh boy, is there more gas, or at least gas getting started in this next scene, because Willow has made (laughs) Moroccan food for the tailors, which they're all sitting uh, on the floor around the coffee table, eating it there traditionally, and uh, Mm -hmm. she offers everybody massages the next day. uh, Tim and Jill are excited that the boys are so much more civilized when Willow's around, Uh, but then Willow gets up to head out. She's going to go meet some friends at a club, and uh, rather than have her try to get a cab after hours, Jill uh, uh, lends her the Healy for the night, and Willow says she's going to be back by midnight and heads out the door, and as soon as she's gone, the boys immediately quit cleaning up and go back upstairs. (laughs) Um, They try to go upstairs. Tim stops them and... uh, Threatens to shoot... Yeah, he threatens to shoot them with his bulb gun, which he still has with him. Yes. Much like the, uh, uh, much like Willow, the bulb gun never makes another appearance after this. <laughs> I don't have too many notes for this scene uh, outside of just this is a a rare version of Tim we've seen a couple times before, but it is not often where he's just like kind of blissfully in his own world, like yeah. he's just genuinely having a good time with his family, even if he's not super engaged with anyone. He's like, oh yeah, Moroccan food. I like this. I'm eating it. I can eat it with my hands. <laughs> yeah, he's not like massage. He, sounds good. Yeah, I love it. You want to like, go out? Cool. It's not you know we've seen the way he's reacted to Indian food many many seasons ago, and so it's yes. it's refreshing to see him just dive headfirst into Moroccan food and not make and, a make a fuss. And Polish food, at least twenty of every twenty five episodes in a season. <laughs> True. Although it seems like Polish food and uh, and Moroccan food seem to ultimately have the same effect on Tim. So maybe it's just. Maybe it's just any kind of food from any kind of uh, any kind of nationality other than the USA is just, you know, gives him the vapors. <laughs> uh, I also wonder if this was like because they they film these on a Friday evening and it almost looks like Tim Allen just didn't have dinner. So he's like going to town <laughs> on a, like a chicken wing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, do you think they just they, you think that they just catered in Moroccan food that night for the crew and they're like, shit, we didn't write a scene. Oh, uh, what's what's Willow done? Uh, maybe she made hey Moroccan food. Um, <laughs> what's still open? <laughs> what <yeah>. delivers? <laughs> um, I something that I am myself lamenting now that I know that Willow isn't coming back is that we oh, never really got knowledge. an answer on whether the boys are in love with Willow or not. And where like, cause like, it yeah. seems like 
all of the boys are captivated by her and do her bidding and want to impress her. But, like, I, and I know that Brad in the past had suggested he was going to ask her out, but then... I don't know. I'm just I'm just kind of mm-hmm. sad that we never got to see anything happen with any of them in Willow. Like I don't even mean like I wanted them to get together, but I wanted to see them try and get rebuffed because she's I mean, 26 and we're not in a licorice pizza right. situation. <laughs> <laughs> it it would be an interesting storyline that they didn't explore. I wish they had. Um I was but, kind of assuming we'd still get a chance. No, I guess not. Um I guess yeah, I don't it would have been a little too similar to Brad dating a 20-year-old. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, my impression is it's a little all over the place. I mean, on some occasions, I feel like they treat her like she's the cool older cousin. Mm-hmm. And in other cases, it is like, you know, grab the the throw pillow and cover your crotch to hide your boner for her. I don't know. It's, it's a little... <laughs> well, that was <laughs> a little all over the place. Uh, very, very, very evocative imagery there. Thank you. Many, many a many a, a a tense suburban evening spoken to with that. Um, I have seven throw pillows on my couch, though. So. <laughs> but you live alone. Who are you hiding them from? From myself. <laughs> uh, from God. Um, <laughs> so uh, yeah. So she she heads out. Jill, I, I mean, have a throw you... pillow. It's just stitches says abandon ye hope. <laughs> Who enter here? It reminds me of, and this is a very this is a very deep cut culinary reference. But there's uh, ortolans, which is the famously decadent French food that is an entire sparrow that has been like cooked in cognac that you eat whole. But you're supposed to put a napkin over your face as you eat it to hide your shame from God at eating something so decadent. <laughs> anyway, a throw pillow over a boner is kind of the adolescent version of eating an ortolan, I guess. Um... <laughs> So, so. <laughs> so, anything more about that about that scene, or shall we shall we move on to no, later no. that night? We get a, a scene slide transition. It's the living room, two a.m. Jill is still up reading the the magazines, waiting for Willow. <laughs> Tim comes down. He's got some gas, and yep. uh, Jill says, "Hey, you know, I think I'm a little worried about Willow. She uh, she isn't home yet. It's two o'clock. Uh, she hasn't called." And Tim says, "Don't worry about it. Hey, hey. forget about it." Uh, and Jill's like, yeah, maybe you're right. Then Willow does come home after being out. She talks about going to the club and all the adventures she's had. Uh, Tim says he's about to go to bed, but then the phone rings. It's Dirk, and uh, it's for Willow. Uh, Dirk, she just met at the club, is now inviting her to breakfast. And she goes, cool, I'll be right there, Dirk, and heads out the door. Yep. Uh, I'm just going to spin my chair around, turn my uh, hat I backwards, and sit down. Hey kids, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna put my hands behind my head, recline in my chair, and just let this wash over me. Wow, you know, watching this uh, home improvement episode from the late '90s, in which somebody meets a guy named Dirk at a nightclub, reminds me of a little movie from the late '90s, in which Burt <laughs> Reynolds meets someone at a nightclub whose name is Dirk. And uh, well, let's Truman, say they tell us with some stories about booking nights. <laughs> well, you know, much like they lose Willow in this episode, all the characters in the movie Boogie Nights get a little bit lost for a while. But much like this they episode, they lose their innocence, th- and then they find one another. And like this episode, learn the value of family. Um, have you ever noticed how often Willow is giving out the tailor's number to just random people <laughs> she meets? <laughs> Happens yeah. a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Um, I don't know. I mean, she she a she says she's not a phone person, so that's kind of interesting. Know, mixed signals. Kind of kind of like kind of um, like how how I will be like, oh, sorry to get back to your text. I was super super busy when it's um, I wasn't busy. I was just depressed and or forgot about it. It's like, <laughs> oh, sorry, I'm just bad with the phone, Mrs. Taylor. Yeah, I, I don't know, Willow. I don't know. Willow seems like one of those Gen Xers who, at the time, be like, "Fuck, fuck beepers! I don't want to be tied to the man all day." But then, like in twenty twenty two, is like has sixteen different Apple products and <laughs> wearing Google Glass and uh, yeah, every other fucking thing you can think of, and using every one of those technology products to uh, post memes online about how vaccines are giving people cancer <laughs> and stuff like that. Um, oh boy. I do like, again, I like Jill's concern. I like that Jill is waiting up for her, even though it's not her kid. Yeah. 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 No, I, I do. I like that. And it, she brings in a little bit. They never explicitly say it, but um, they bring in Jill's kind of, not necessarily psychoanalyzing, but finding a deeper route to a problem that obviously drives her, you know, um, uh, education in, in psychology. Like, that's her passion for it. She brings it into this conversation about like, Oh, is she looking, reaching out for attention? And I actually think that's in a future scene, but um, I don't know. I just kind of like that. It's become baked into the Jill character at this point. Uh, Yeah. That she's always looking a little bit deeper at someone. And sometimes it's a good thing. Sometimes it's a bad thing. Um, I, what, what I also like is that then when, when Willow gets home, how excited Jill is to hear about how her night was and what she did, like she's living vicariously yeah. through her. And th- th- so then when Willow immediately starts going back out to meet Dirk for this weird 2 a.m. breakfast, uh, she, you know, Jill says, I, I don't know if it's safe. I mean, I wouldn't go out this late. Okay, I'm sorry. Wait, let me back up. Willow first explains... That, w- that, you know, they were trying to get into this club, but the bouncer wouldn't uh, let her friend in because he didn't oh like boy. his pants. And then Willow says, so I just had my friend take off his pants, and then all my friends took off uh, took off their pants, and they all got in. And so when Jill says uh, later, I-, I wouldn't go out this late, Willow says, you also wouldn't get a bunch of men to take off their pants. And Jill just says, not yet, but when I'm retired, I will need a hobby, which is very <laughs> funny, very good bit. I, I know we're getting a little long here, but I have a, a, a minor story, a grievance Ooh. I have to get off my chest. Something to put out in the world that has just fucking drove me nuts. And one of the things I hated about L.A. so much. All the pantsless dudes getting into nightclubs. Here, here, take take my chair and yes. my baseball cap. Flip it around, both of them. And now I'm going to lean right. back and listen to you. <laughs> put on your helmet and elbow pads because this is going to get rocky. Because they're um, cool. <laughs> I went to this club in downtown LA. Uh, it, it's not even, I, it wasn't like a nightclub. It was just like, it's the Edison, which I'm sure, mm-hmm. Truman, you're familiar with. But if yeah, you haven't been to um, LA, the, it's just like this upscale, you know, um, bar, kind of three story bar sort of deal. Yeah. And um, it was somebody's birthday. And, you know, driving anywhere in Los Angeles is like an ordeal. Uh, especially if you're coming from the west side, which is where I lived. It was like 45 minutes to an hour to get Oof. there, plus parking, and you're paying for parking. That's also just, an ordeal. Like you have a fucking nervous breakdown just getting anywhere. Mm-hmm. And I had just bought this new pair of $250 shoes. Whoa. And I was going to go show them off in this uh, um, club for the first time, like really doing it to the nines. Mm-hmm. 
The bouncer stops me. Can't you can't come in here? Why not? Your shoes have laces. <sighs> and I'm like, really? Like I thought he was joking for a second. He's like, no, sorry, you're gonna have to go change your shoes, or you know, uh, you can't well, they, come in with laces on. They they only let ska kids wearing slip on Vans into this into this place or something. <laughs> well, this was this person's birthday happened to be on Halloween. Oh, and uh, sure enough, while I'm in having this uh, <laughs> interaction with this bouncer, who walks out of the bar, who so he had been let in. You know, in It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, they have the green man. Yeah. <laughs> so just a full body latex or spandex green suit. Yes. A dude wearing that, so not wearing laces. <laughs> walks out and it he has that and a tutu and dildos tied to him all over <laughs> his body were, were the dildos tied with laces uh i i well string i guess mm. uh where do you draw the line between Ooh, string and laces wow. that, but they weren't on his shoes which he didn't even have on so <laughs> doesn't count i guess wait so he had no shoes he and technically no shirt either but he still got service he still got service. A man with uh, dollar store dildos <laughs> tied to him <laughs> got in and out of the place, but me with my designer shoes, because I had laces, couldn't get in. So, so fuck you, LA. Fuck you, the Edison. I'll say that out loud. I don't care. Did you get Did you get in or did you just go home? I did not get in. He turned me away. He would so not let me in. You didn't just take the laces off your shoes? You just like... No, because then my shoes are just going to fall off. I don't know. I just, I, I was so, I was like, I don't even want anything to do with this place if you're going to no. turn me away. Like, I, I was, because then I'd have to, like, walk in and buy a $25 spirit, you know? Like, I'm not going to give that place any of my time or money. Uh, f- fuck that entirely. But, but Landon, you would have had the opportunity to stand in a very loud, dark room and, like, have to scream into a friend's ear to try and be heard and, and you know, uh, and never really have a good conversation and come out of it a lot poorer in terms of money. Like, how could you pass that up? Those are the moments we'll remember forever. Oh, I don't, I don't know. I, I... <laughs> I once for a friend's birthday at the at the W Hotel in Hollywood, another another very fancy oh, yeah, uh, up up its own ass venue. Well, you must have been wearing a collared shirt because when I arrived oh, yeah. with my friends to go in, uh, I was told by the bouncer, "No, you can't come in. You need to have a collared shirt." Apparently, your uh, your money doesn't spend the same if you're wearing a t shirt. <laughs> so I told my friend whose birthday it was, "Okay, I'll just run home and and get a collared shirt and come back." And I went and I got on the sub and I met up with another friend uh, and I saw the movie Ted <laughs> instead and texted the first friend oh man sorry I, I, I don't feel good and um, basically uh, th- two morals to this story one don't go to the W yeah. Hotel two uh, don't don't know me when I'm 24 years old I'm a shitty flaky person <laughs> <laughs> oh my god let's get back to the episode bouncers are bad uh, okay so yes Jill is left alone once again when Willow goes out for her 2 a.m. breakfast. Uh, so our Actually, next I'm going to pause right there. Okay. Bouncers aren't bad. The the establishments establishing the rules, they're bad. 
Okay, you know, you're right. That's true. In many cases, bouncers might be the best person in a bar because they're the yes. only reliably sober ones trying to keep everyone under exactly. control. Okay, and I'm yes. sure that they have uh, disengaged many, many sticky situations that I wouldn't want to do. So yes, uh, I, I give my props to bouncers. Bouncers of the world, I'm sorry for ever suggesting that I don't like you. I'm, but also, I'm sure you guys have pretty thick skin because you probably have lots of douchebags complaining at you about bar rules that you're forced to enforce. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay, good. The next day, it's the afternoon, and Willow still isn't back after leaving the house at like 2 a.m. Jill is worried that something bad has happened, and uh, uh, they then get a... And Tim is saying, no, 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 it's fine, it's fine, it's just Willow being a free spirit. They then get a call from Dirk. Willow isn't with her, and he was assuming that Willow was at home. Willow never showed up for their date, and uh, then uh, Jill realizes with horror that they have lost Wilson's niece. Um... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh-huh i don't really have too many notes for this scene the the biggest note i have for this scene okay spoiler alert willow's okay obviously but yeah. willow seems like kind of a piece of shit like <laughs> hey dirk yeah i'll meet you for for dinner yeah and then at 2 a.m and then just doesn't show like she completely stands him up dude yeah it's almost like she met some other friends on the way and went to go see ted I Okay, now <laughs> Okay, now that's <laughs> truly true oh, wow man, that's just like I got socked in the face. Only now do I realize the uh how how badly I set myself up for that one. <laughs> I at least texted. I at least texted oh, and fair. made up okay, a lie yes. for what I was doing. <laughs> you, you... You used technology that didn't exist in 1998. I, 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 I used technology to be deceptive. and, and You're right. To... No, it is different because your your friend wasn't thinking that you disappeared from the face of the planet. It, it's No, but it is that like you 80. fell in a hole. It's like 80 to 85% of the way there. But falling, you know what? Fell in a hole and waited there. Um, okay, yeah. That, okay, you know what? I... <laughs> I'm going to very humbly sit down and think about choices I've made in my life because you've taught me some <laughs> things on this podcast. Folks, this is why we listen. Oh, wait, I'm going to stand back up again and talk because okay. I thought of something else. Um, when, you know, when D- Jill and Tim are talking about this, she says, well, if Willow uh, if Willow wants to go out tonight, we'll just tell her to give us a call. Oh, yeah, Tim says that. And then Jill says, yeah, I'll give her my cell phone. That's all the mention that gets made of it, but... Jill's got a cell phone? What? <laughs> um, yeah, I guess it's this. Well, yeah, again, we don't see it, but like, this is the second cell phone on the show next to yeah. Al. Al has yeah. a cell phone. <laughs> it's it's always interesting to me the characters that 90s shows choose to bestow cell phones to. Like, <laughs> Niles on Frasier is the, the designated cell phone guy. Like, yeah. Al and Jill are the cell phone people on this show. Just interesting. Just interesting the message they're trying to send. Hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Maybe it's a maybe it's a text message that takes forever because of T nine texting. Who can say? My only note on the scene is the transition out of it. Okay. Well, then what's the transition out of it? I I would be curious if modern people know what this is. But the the screen shrinks and goes black and white and looks like a photo basically. Mm-hmm. And then the the photo rotates and you see it's part of a cube. And there's Willow in the the next frame. Do you think people remember what photo cubes are? Do I mean, you know what photo cubes are? 
I know what photo cubes are because I have been to a Goodwill a couple times in my life and seen the <laughs> okay. the right. aisle yeah. of of photo cubes that people are getting rid of. I agree. Younger viewers may not know. I, I also it was curious to me because they fade the scene to black and white and then and then they rotate around to this black and white image of Willow taken from an, yeah. you know another one of her scenes. Wouldn't it have made more sense to turn into a milk carton and have Have yep. You Seen Me with Willow on the side of it? Yes, it would have. Absolutely. And they didn't do it. We uh, Also, whoever thought we would get to the point where we are now, we, we know the transition system so well that now we are coming up with our own. <laughs> Truly in too deep. Oh, boy. Uh, um, okay, next scene. That's the only note I had for that scene. It takes us to the dining room uh, a little bit, uh, the next morning, a little bit, well, I guess it's later in the morning. Um, the entire family is wondering where Willow is. Tim says, well, let's look for clues. Um, he decides to go, the, the screen kind of flips into like a second part of the scene and he's dressed, um, in a gas mask and gloves and he's going to go over to, uh, Wilson's house to brave the nerve gas and he brings back her day planner. Um, they take out a photo booth photo, start cutting up and saying they're going to go look, uh, at the clubs and other places that she frequents. I really made that a brief synopsis because there's a lot to talk about here. (laughs) Okay, so do do we want to first talk about Mark's Mark's good bits? Yes. So okay. they they go through um, the the three boys are standing there and they're like giving reasons why she might not have called, and yes. most of them are reasonable. You know, uh, when it gets to Mark, I mean, do you have the other ones that uh, the boys say before we get to Mark? I I, I don't I don't have the other ones, but it, it's just okay. it's it's stuff like you know oh maybe she's you know oh maybe she's not near a phone or like oh maybe she just forgot right. to call or something like that. And then Mark says, "Well, maybe she fell in a big hole and can't get out." <laughs> and everyone just kind of looks at him. <sighs> it was it they they finally gave Mark a line deserving of and and like they gave the pause after the line. Yes. Which is not something I feel like they've done before. And I don't know if it's been his performance hasn't like been crafted enough to know when to wait for the laugh, or if they finally have given him a line worthy of like a Golden Girls moment of silence while everyone processes it. <laughs> AKA a rose line on Golden Girls. Yeah. Like uh, uh Blanche would be squinting trying to like go, wait a minute, what? <laughs> Well, back in St. Olaf, people always fell in big holes and had to just wait for someone to get them out. I remember Schmorglertenberg one time. Rose, does this story have a point? <laughs> um, and then and then Blanche says, oh, I know plenty of guys who've gotten lost in some holes around here. Anyway. Oh, boy. Oh, my uh, God. That was really pornographic. <laughs> they get pretty graphic on the show. That's, okay. That's true. All right. All right. Bring it back. All right. Picture it. Sicily, 1923. Uh, <laughs> no, they, Detroit, 1998. Okay. Um, they realize that they need to get her address book, and and Tim says, "Oh, and it's they're probably all on board Wilson's. with that really quickly." Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Let's go through her personal belongings. That's a it's a totally reasonable thing to do right now. She's been gone three hours. <laughs> yeah, no, she's been gone for like twelve hours, I think, at this point. I mean, you think it's so. Yeah, well, yeah, no, because they last saw her at two a.m. Now it's the yeah. afternoon, and also the person. Well, I, well who, okay, the person I would say and morning. She, but she she left in the middle of the night 
And then the person she was going to meet says she never showed up. I would be, in real life, I'd be freaking the fuck out right now. This is this is definite Unsolved Mysteries territory. Richard Stack mm. is putting on his overcoat and doing his vocal exercises to explain about the missing Willow Wilson. <laughs> I don't know. This is an interesting thought experiment. I don't know that th- this amount of time would make me... I'd be concerned. I don't think it would be brave nerve gas to get her personal planner concerned. I mean... I mean, okay, the thing the thing also, though, is that Tim already wanted an excuse to go into a house filled <laughs> with nerve true. gas, which is part of what makes yeah. it funny. I would also yes, say, yeah. uh, okay, again, a young woman goes missing at 2 a.m. in Detroit. I would I, I would be reaching brave mm. nerve gas levels of, of fear, not to indulge in any unfortunate stereotypes about the city of Detroit, a once proud city laid low by capitalism that surely will rise again, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I... I <laughs> I do, I love though that in in this scene they have they have reached Defcon go through her personal belongings. Tim yeah. says, "Oh, her address book is probably over at Wilson's." And Randy goes, "But Dad, Wilson's house is full of of toxic nerve gas right now." And Tim just starts grunting in sheer glee and excitement at this challenge that he gets to to face using tools. Uh, a, and a grunt, I will say, to foreshadow our end of the episode, uh, that is very hard to determine if it's something you would count. Uh, yes, yes. I'm going to leave that one up in the air for you. Um, oh. But I, I do, I, again, it's another it's another leaving the best stuff kind of unsaid or unseen. We yeah. don't need Tim to explain how he's going to do it. Just Tim grunting about it. It makes it very funny. This is one of my uh, one of my favorite grunt deployments in, in a recent memory. <laughs> well, and I, I like the version of Tim we get uh here as well because once the screen flips and it comes back from he comes back from uh getting the planner he's got his gas mask on he's got his gloves on and he's just giddy like mm-hmm. t- he can't even control the volume of his voice uh and he's like screaming in Randy's face with the mask on and you can't hear what he's saying it- it's this is one of those like Tim Allen knows how to tap into you know primal comedy uh, yeah, pretty well. And uh, I don't know. I really like this this little bit of comedy between them. He he is he has been, you know, ranting about about stuff. And then he he finally takes the mask off and Randy's and he's looking like right at Randy. He and Randy in, goes, he comes in. And it's just like, I think this guy's and he take and he, they they say, Dad, we can't hear you because the mask. And he takes it off. He's going like, Oh, it's the most amazing thing. I was going all over there. And it was so cool. And I finally found it. And Randy goes. Dad, are you sure that mask is completely leak-proof? And Tim, looking right at him, says, "Who said that?" <laughs> Very good. Yeah, it was. I liked it quite a bit. Um, the other note I had is once they start going through the planner, they see a receipt for a piercing shop and a receipt for a hardware store, and they uh, find a. Uh, this was a little audacious for me. Jill finds a photo booth photo and decides, oh, I'm just going to take a pair of scissors to this and cut this right? into threes and give it into three different groups of us. And we're all going to go to different places and look for her. Yeah. Um, just defacing. I- like, that's not even digital. Yeah, I know. <laughs> that might be the last photo Willow has of her dead boyfriend. I mean, ooh, there's there, there's a whole mysterious story. How did he die? Uh, uh, she She's trying to avenge his she death. She is a Wilson. Mm-hmm. Mm, 
interesting. She stole his thesis as well. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I was halfway expecting when she was cutting things up that, like, Willow would walk in the door and see them going through her day plan. Or yeah. the rest of the episode yeah. would be about, like, oh, oh, Jill was so concerned for Willow that she wound up smothering Willow and almost made Willow leave again yeah. and has to. Uh, no, not the episode we get. Um, no. But so the the other thing I thought was really fucking funny is as Jill's divvying up who's going to go where, um, <laughs> Brad takes the uh, – or before, <laughs> before they can even say anything, Brad's already got a receipt in his hand. Tim has already got a receipt in his hand, and Jill just kind of leans in and swaps the receipts and goes, you're going to the hardware store and hands it to Brad, and you're going to the piercing shop. <laughs> and both Tim and Brad are like, oh, man. Oh, man. <laughs> Kick the ground with their toe of their shoe. It, again, really funny, just good character bits. Yeah, yeah. I, the only other thing I've got for this scene, day planners. Am I right, folks? Like, she has a big, <laughs> thick, massive day planner. And that's just like, yeah, people just carried these large books around to organize their lives. Who yeah. who to thunk it? Now it all fits in the palm of your hand, i.e. a smartphone yes or maybe a little larger than the palm of your hand depending on how chunky of a smartphone you've got That's um true. yeah or a <laughs> case that you have on it yeah uh, true true uh so from there we get back to the we just come back to the house later where tim and mark come back after having checked everywhere the herb store the psychic all of the places that uh, willow goes um, Tim is mostly worried about the Healy. Uh, Jill uh, now is concerned that maybe Willow is doing this because she's acting out and crying out for help. Uh, yep. And uh, Jill suggests that they should go check the clubs for her because maybe she's at a club. So yeah, that's the that's that scene. Now, I'm hesitant to to side with Tim here, but he has a point. Where it has now clearly been almost 24 hours, and or maybe not 24 hours, but it's nighttime. Close, And it's yeah. been all all day long they haven't found her, uh, and she hasn't re- reached out. When Jill's throwing out all these explanations of, see, you know, maybe she's looking for attention, maybe she's, you know, hurt, blah, blah, blah. And Tim just goes, or maybe she's inconsiderate. And he Pretty delivers good. it with a season three kind of intonation that I wasn't super thrilled about. Um. Mm. But, you know, at this point, yeah, she's being a bit of an asshole. <laughs> I mean, it's one thing to be gone that long and not call the people you're staying with to let them know what's up. The fact that you have borrowed their antique British yes. roadster and are just like, I'm just going to keep this. Like that, at this point, I would start to suspect uh, like that, that Willow's entire presence in Royal Oak has just been an elaborate, long game uh, Grand Theft Auto situation. <laughs> I, I think if they're going, they're using their search tactics all wrong. I mean, if they're going to be looking for Willow, you know, she can blend into a crowd. Why wouldn't they be looking for the completely unique car that's on the Detroit roads? Yeah, they should just call the police and and put out, you know, say the Healy is missing. That's easier to find. That's step number one. When a person goes missing, you call the police. Mm-hmm. Yes, they 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 have a good track record of helping out and making situations better. Um, so, I, okay, so, also, this is, this is another great Mark moment. Jill is saying, maybe, yes. maybe she's just acting out. This is just a cry for help. Tim goes, yeah, maybe she's inconsiderate. And Mark is standing there and goes, I'm sticking with the big hole theory. <laughs> so fucking good. It's like a line from a different show just showed up 
on the script page. Like I expect it like just shoot me or something. It's it's or or from the big hole theory that that popular <laughs> uh, that popular TV show that was on for so long. Um, I I like that they are giving Mark weird comedy that they've they yes. like he is doing weird offbeat joke offbeat jokes and it's not oh it's not because he's a goth that he's saying these things it's more just like no mark just has a strange sense of humor now and he's not it's not that he's dumb he just kind of doesn't really give a shit and he's a weird kid and i, I think that's <laughs> i really love funny. that yeah it's it's, it's so a, good. a fantastic character yeah yes and uh, and then actually when Jill suggests they're going to go check the clubs, Mark goes, hell yeah, we're going clubbing. And Jill says, well, you're not old enough. And Mark says, so what am I supposed to do? And Tim says, find a big hole and wait until you're 21, which is also quite funny. <laughs> then we actually get a big hole transition. Uh, yes. It's almost, it's almost like a sandworm on Arrakis uh, <laughs> oh. go, going through uh, the scene until we get to the club. Yeah, well, hey, I'm going to call uh, Moi Dibs on uh, on talking about the next scene. Um, yeah, also, it, it, it's easy th- it's easy to get through this episode kind of quickly because the entire middle of the, the episode is one just— One hour and 20 minutes. Yeah, okay, fair, fair. But I don't know, it, just, <laughs> it feels like we blow through a lot of these quickly because it's just them kind of hanging out around the kitchen table uh, yeah. talking about where Willow might be. It's a lot of the same stuff over and over. It's true. We go to the club. Do you want to take us through this real quick? Because I just have, I I don't know what happened. I was so just fixated on the cast of crowd waiting in line. I I figured you were. Tim and Jill are in line (laughs) at, they've presumably gone to a bunch of clubs. They are in line outside this, uh, this, the latest club that they've checked. Uh, Jill tries to describe Willow to the bouncer, uh, eventually just begs the bouncer to let her in. The bouncer does let her in, but forces Tim to wait outside. So there's a bunch of extras behind them in line. Talk to me, Landon. (laughs) Truman. Landon. We talk every once in a while about the slight age difference between us, which I never feel intellectually, but there are some cultural milestones that I feel like define that age gap at times sure absolutely true you might have been too young to really appreciate the very brief window in 97 and 98 when swing music came back oh no landon i remember <laughs> it come because i was in we had a bunch of big bad voodoo daddy cds i remember local <laughs> news reports about the new hip trend coming back swing dancing see the new club that's opened in salem at 10:15 like uh I, wow I, I, yeah Your and, parents and, were were big uh <laughs> uh oh my god i forgot the name of the band uh, voodoo um, daddy heads no, I was going to go with uh, my, Squirrel my, Nut Zippers. Was that oh, the name of them? Uh, yeah, no, Squirrel Nut Zippers. That was part of it. I mean, I like Squirrel Nut Zippers a lot. My parents, not necessarily, although they did like big band music. And I mean, okay. I did I mention the movie Swingers yet? Because obviously the movie Swingers. So obviously. no, th- th- this I remember, and it cracked me up when I realized what type of club this was that we were going to. <laughs> well, okay, so that's what confuses me, because it's swing night, yet the crowd here... You've got one guy, not quite in a zoot suit, but definitely like a fedora and, you know, uh, pinstripe suit. But it's mixed with this other flavor of 1997 through 1999, where you have the kind of uh, heroin chic hippie 
Yeah, <laughs> is the best way I could describe it. Really, really thin, post goth fur coat, sunglass yeah. wearing low pants with with stars, know, stars on them. On them yep, yep, stars like, on the eyes. I noticed that guy. eyes and chokers. Like, yeah. <laughs> That was a look, and there are people in this line wearing it um, with, like, quintessential punk people. So it's just like, I don't know. I can't get a beat on this club at all. And I, this is no criticism of Lance the Bart or the Bouncer, but he also kind of looks like he's bouncing a gay joint. <laughs> yes, yes. A lot of leather going on. I this yeah. This line... Looking at the line, I'm like, okay, this is the line outside the club that they go to in The Matrix where they're listening <laughs> to... Uh, yeah, follow the white rabbit for sure. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, everybody's, everybody's like dancing super hard and music is blasting and everyone's in leather S&M gear or whatever. Um, yeah. And then in the next scene, jazz music is playing inside. It's just not... <laughs> At all. I mean, now I wish the Matrix uh, Trinity and everybody was really into swing dancing. (laughs) Uh, I also have to point out a sign on the door, which is just mind-boggling in terms of 2022. The sign says, if you look under 25, be prepared to be ID, to show ID. Yeah. (laughs) Which is like... You would never see a sign like that anymore. Yeah, no, not at all. Not at all. Um, Everyone gets ID'd is like yes. what the sign would say. This this is from the, the golden age when America was a more innocent place and people, uh, you know, pe- people wouldn't lie about their age as much. <laughs> this is um, a, a pre-McLovin era. One last thing before we go inside, I want to do a quick character actor corner for Lance the Bouncer. Yes. Uh, he's played by an actor by the name of Neil Barton. I really like his performance here. Yeah. I think he he is he's got some killer lines actually. Um <laughs> uh I'm trying to see if I, I kind of put the inside and outside together, so we'll we'll get to his lines in a minute. But yeah. Um he has twenty six credits, uh going back to nineteen eighty eight. Uh, doing some quick appearances on short-lived TV series. Um, he was on an episode of Quantum Leap, Ooh. the Jamie Foxx show, Home Improvement, and Drew Carey back-to-back. Uh, I thought... I, I, I thought I, I thought you were saying Quantum Leap, comma, the Jamie Foxx show, and I'm like, I do not <laughs> remember Jamie Foxx being a fixture on Quantum Leap, but okay. Uh, he was on an episode of... NCIS Los Angeles, Entourage, mm. and what will surely be a uh, a year of defining television where they just decided, let's just take every buddy cop show and or cop movie and make it a TV show. Um, he appeared on the short-lived Rush Hour TV series. Oh, boy. Oh, <laughs> boy. Was he on ER? I'm going to guess no, he was not on ER. He was not on ER. Good Boosh. guess. Boom. We haven't had a character actor in a minute, so I haven't had a chance to practice. I know. I know. Uh, um, okay, we ha- go inside. He, uh, he does have a line, though, when Tim is trying to get in. Tim says, wait, don't you know who I am? I'm Tim the Toolman Taylor. And he goes, and I'm Lance. I hate your show, Smith. Such a fucking good line. Brutal. That made me guffaw. Really good. I clapped my hands. 
It's it's one thing. I paused to... it and had a reaction, and then went back to the episode. I thought I could hear something from across the country after you heard my reaction to Willow from across the country. It's good that we can communicate like this. And he 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 delivers it ruthlessly. Like oh yeah, he doesn't like tiptoe around it. He's just like, Haha, I hate your show. Get in line I, again. Like we were saying earlier, bouncers DGAF. I I wonder if Neil Barton has done some bouncing because that felt like authentically like shutting down a, a smooth talker to get in the club. I, I feel like if you're a big and muscly enough dude and you need a kind of flexible part-time job between acting gigs, you probably have bounced at some point. Yeah. Yeah. Good call. All right. Yeah. Neil Barton. Thank you, yes. sir. Thank you for your service. Um, so inside, we, uh, uh, yeah, you you know we in the club, uh, you know bottle full of bub, <laughs> obviously. Uh, and yes. um, there's it's yeah your birthday, a- and and you know what we don't give a swing. It's not your birthday. Uh, <laughs> it's all gothy people, but jazz music playing. And uh, I'm sorry, I'm 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 stealing and the, the thunder bartender of your is wearing a Hawaiian shirt. Yes, yeah, exactly. It's like leftover from leftover from an un- unfilmed scene from the uh, Tiki Hut where uh, where yes. uh, Al and uh, Heidi have been going yeah so she so jill asks the bartender if he knows willow wilson and the bartender does and he says it's so sad what happened to her her uncle left town for a couple days and she had to crash with this really straight suburban family and i I don't do you have anything else from inside the bar uh in, in this scene I, well, at least we got some more character actors to go into but i want to group them together here so uh let's just keep going and then we'll we'll cover them in a minute yeah so back outside tim is talking to people in line nothing really funny happens talking to to a guy and oh a he, guy yeah it's just him and one other guy at this point they and you know he's like the quintessential loser sung you know uh glasses on his head dressing you know 10 years out of style that sort of thing mm-hmm yes and I don't know. Tim refers to him as a loser. He says something about how he's always wanted to get into the into the club, and and he can't get in because he's a loser, I guess. <laughs> uh, yeah, I got no no real big notes about him yet. Um, yeah, we go back inside. Uh, it's swing time. Jill has just started swing dancing with some stranger. Yep, <laughs> which some was daddy o type. Su- surprising and fun to watch. Um, and see her bringing back those uh those skills from dances with tools. Um. She gets spun, and she actually dips and bumps into Willow, who's sitting at a table right outside the dance floor. And Jill's like, Willow, what the fuck? Where the fuck have you been? We've been looking for you everywhere. And she's like, oh, sorry. I met up with some people, and we went bowling, and I got to go bowling with some drag queens. And Jill tells Willow to grow up. Willow says, you're right. I'm sorry. And outside, the bouncer keeps Tim out out. Out there alone. Yep. Let's the other guy in, but uh, but uh, not Tim. All right. Where do you want to start? Do you want to start with just the guy yanking Jill into dancing with him? Uh, uh, yes, I do. This rather aggressive <laughs> zoot suit daddy-o grabbing her and starts to dance with her and and starts dipping her and everything. I, I, yeah. I don't know. I still just love that, like, people are, go- like, people at this bar are saying, like, oh, man, poor Willow, she had to stay with this super straight suburban family, total normies, just living their normal <laughs> life. Hey, let's dance to swing music. It- it's... <laughs> you do get whiplash from it, for yeah, sure. Yeah, it's, and-, and not just because of the jazz drumming. 
Um, right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Again. Yeah, it's uh, not my tempo. Uh, so, <laughs> so the dancing is is wild. I don't know who this dude is who just grabs her, but he barely matters in the scene because Jill just like basically throws Willow's friend at him, and then they start dancing. Yeah. Uh, which is funny. Like <laughs> the dude just needs to be dancing. It doesn't matter who he's with. He's uh, he's like a shark. <laughs> if he stops <laughs> dancing, he will die. <laughs> he's the dancing king, and he's looking for his queen. Dennis Hopper has attached a bomb to him, and if he stops dancing, he's going to explode. Okay, I had a a note here where Jill, after she tells Willow to to grow up, uh, in her kind of, like, emotional state here, Patricia Richardson, just like (laughs) Blank Check always mentions the Al Pacino line in Heat when they think he's about to say something else and then says, I think she's got a... Great ass. Oh, she um, almost says, yeah, you mean the, the, li- the line that we have done in like the last five episodes where I always say great big ass even though he doesn't? Well, he thinks he's about to say fat ass, I think. And Because oh. his mouth starts to do an F. And Jill's does the same, or Patricia Richardson's does the same here where she's like, could you pick up a phone? Uh, <laughs> and it's almost like she wanted to say, could you pick up a fucking phone once in a while? Uh, she didn't say it, but she has that energy. Patricia Richardson is feeling Jill's very real anger in this moment. Also, I mean, I, also her adrenaline might be up because she did just get uh, violently swing danced with and then and then cast aside. <laughs> Don't swing dance without consent. Yes. No, absolutely not. Don't have anything in your life that you can't walk away from in 30 seconds if you feel swing dancing around the corner. Um, I rem- swing dancing scares me. <laughs> Yeah, it, it seems like heads get a little too close to the floor in some of those moves. I, yeah, I mean, for how worried people seem to be back then about mosh pits or things like that happening at Lollapalooza, yeah. I feel like an amateur swing dancer is is way more of a risk just clocking some poor woman's uh, head against the dance floor. <laughs> yeah, I would imagine there is a hefty number when it comes to concussions and swing dancing. Uh, you could probably you could probably graph you know the the rise in concussions in the United States to the rise in swing dancing popularity, and then and then the fall as <laughs> <Someone's> well. <laughs> looking at a chart and just goes, what happened to concussions in '97 through '99? <laughs> that's look. That's why the voodoo daddy was big and bad. It was because he was hurting people. <laughs> Um, and, and, and the, and the actual things that were popping were not cherries, but were people's heads as they hit the floor very hard. Oh, kind of a, God. kind of a visceral gross joke. Sorry about that. Yeah. A little bit, a little bit. Um, um, should we go into some character actors or do you got something else you want to say? No, no, no. Go, go into some character actors. I don't have much. Okay. Uh, let's talk about Todd. He's the swing dancer. <laughs> yeah. Um, He's played by an actor by the name of T.J. Tyne, T-H-Y-N-E. He has 83 credits. Jesus. Um, I know. He goes back to 1997. Uh, Actually, this is one of his first uh, credits. Really? Something, a TV series called City Guys that I haven't heard of was his first, but he went from Home Improvement to Party of Five, an episode of the Wayans Brothers, Friends, Keenan and Kel. My God, he started strong, didn't he? Yeah. Was he a swing dancer in all of those uh, all of those shows? <laughs> was he typecast because of his swing dancing abilities? Uh, freshman Boy, Steve, Dr. Olbermann, uh, oh. and Hysterical Man. <laughs> hysterical because he's been dancing too much i guess so uh he's appeared on uh ed tv becker 
Um, Walker, Texas Ranger, he did four episodes of. Mm. <laughs> he was on uh, the 2001 <laughs> TV series of The Tick. Wait, who was he on? Uh, wait, that's this is the second person who they've met in a bar who went on to be on The Tick. Does it say who he was <laughs> on The Tick? Uh, in an episode called The Funeral, he played a character named Kevin. Ah, Kevin. Who could forget Kevin? I do remember the episode, The Funeral. Uh, okay. <laughs> um, uh, the question, though, is, was he on ER? Was he on NYPD Blue? He, ooh. Did NYPD, I ooh. see that one? <laughs> I thought I saw it, but I guess not. No, he was not. Uh, then I'm going to go out on a limb and say no, he was not. He was not on an episode of ER. Good job. Perfect. All Love right. it. Let's move on to uh, the bartender. Yes. Robert Hollick. Hollick. Robert Hollick is, uh, he has 36 credits, still working today. He's got something in pre-production. Ooh. Um, Goes back to 1981 uh, in Ragtime, but he has an uncredited role in that. Was in MacGyver, uh, 21 Jump Street, <laughs> Silk Stockings. My God, is that 80s enough for you? Uh, pretty uh, 80s. <laughs> home Improvement, Arrested Development. He played the stagehand. Oh. Um, yeah, and a bunch of other credits that uh, aren't worth mentioning. Well, I shouldn't say that. Not to shit yeah. on his career, but uh, no, just no small in terms parts. of recognizability veronica mars is another one was he on er uh i'm gonna say yes he was on er he was on an episode of just shoot me oh which is not the show er you got me it is not the show er it was close i know they get confused sometimes but i mean when when you've been (laughs) you when you have been just shot you want to be taken to the er it's it's a common misconception uh, uh, finally, li- oh no, I got two more. I'm sorry. Uh, we've got Ed, the patron outside, the nerd. Mm-hmm. Um, he is played by George Hertzberg. He has 14 acting credits going back to Third Rock from the Sun in 1996, Home Improvement, uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. He has nine mm. episodes of playing Adam. Damn. Jeez. Um, last credit was in 2008 for Friday Night Lights. Was he on ER? No, he was not. He was not on ER. Congratulations. Great. I'm not perfect. He's got one wrong. Yes, go on. Lastly, we have um, a woman playing a bar patron. Her name is Kelly Paxton. She's the one talking to Willow at the uh, table before uh, Jill interrupts. Mm -hmm. She has 11 credits, one of them being Home Improvement. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Was she on ER? Gonna say no. Two episodes of ER Son of a bitch. Clinic no. Nurse. <laughs> no. Eleven credits. No. <laughs> I Yes. I okay, let's keep let's go back to only watching episodes where there are no character actors. I don't like this game. This game <laughs> sucks. Uh I do want to also mention, though, right after this episode of Home Improvement, she went on to be on the very short-lived TV show Time Cop. Ooh which we've talked about before on this show. Yes. Okay, let's get back to the scene. All right. So, uh, we are, well, actually, I mean, I guess, you know, uh, Willow and Willow and Jill talking. Willow appreciates Jill saying all these nice things about how, because she's family to Wilson, Wilson is like family to right. them. That means her family. And she says that she's never had a family who cared enough to go looking for her. And 
She tells Jill that she's cool and then says, well, cooler than Tim, at least. Um, <laughs> which is nice, you know, always nice to get a little dig at Tim. Yeah, true. You know what we missed, um, which I thought was, uh, uh, it really brought home to me the connection between Jill and Willow and to my personal edification when I suggested in the, the pot episode that Willow is kind of a young Jill. Yeah. Um, when she goes to the bouncer for the first time and she's <laughs> saying, have you seen Willow? She's kind of like this and talks a little bit like this. And she like does an impression of Willow and it's, uh, I don't know, just she, made me feel really good inside. Uh, this yeah, episode is called Jillow. Yeah. <laughs> There's always room for Jillo. Uh, she, w- w- the the thing that Jill says to do the impression is just she kind of goes like "Hi" like this, and <laughs> and I think she does it again, or someone else does it, and says like "Do you know Willow Wilson?" And the guy says, "Oh yeah, hi." <laughs> I like uh, that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Characters so, distilled down to their one line. Yep. Yep, that's that's a '90s sitcom for you. So this basically wraps us up at the club. We're not we're not in the club anymore. It takes us back to to the backyard of the uh, Taylor house. Yeah, outside Wilson comes home and sees that Jill and Willow are hanging out on the swing set, um, or the the pavilion, the gondola. Yeah. What do you call that fucking thing? Uh, yeah, it's the gazebo. Uh, with <laughs> gazebo. The, Thank you. Yes, you you were gonna you were gonna work your way to it eventually. Uh, you know, a thousand landings and a thousand. I, I don't know what it's called. Typewriters. I mean, credenza <laughs> makes it sound better. The lanai, as they'd call it on Golden Girls. There you um, go. Yeah, but that has to be uh, screened in. Um, true. The okay, so they he calls him over. They give him the skinny. Uh, Tim says that, uh, or Jill says that ever since Tim has been uh, rejected from getting into the club, he's been obsessed about getting into it. And then Tim walks out to finish this episode looking like Ric Flair. Yep. He's got a, got a white fur coat and sunglasses. He says, what do you think? And Wilson says, I think some of that nerve gas might have leaked onto your side of the fence. <laughs> what... What I kind of love is that as soon as Tim is uh, stopped by the bartender from going into the bar, he kind of just yeah. stops being an entity in the episode. Like, they kind of wrote yes. this in just because it's like, well, we have to have something for Tim because it became a Jill episode at the end. And, you know, I wish it was more often. Like, I, this might be the first time that that's happened. Yeah. And it, it's I, a stronger ending to the episode because of it. I feel like before they would be like, well, how does Tim factor into the moral of this episode? Yeah, if if the 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 episode with uh, Al and Heidi would have been better if Tim had just been stuck outside a nightclub the entire time and they could have just yeah. focused on the other characters. It's true. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't know. I but him coming out looking like Ric Flair kind of made me laugh a little bit. <laughs> well, that that that's good. You know what? A re- a ref a wrestling bit is a wrestling bit, no matter how you slice I guess it. So. Yeah, uh, we get some outtakes of uh, a scene that I think was deleted. Probably why we got the, you know, weird flip in between the scenes where Mm. Tim is coming out of the garage wearing the gas mask and gloves and you can't hear him. Yep. Yep. Ranting. It's him ranting in gibberish. And I think they correctly assumed that it's funnier to have him come back from the nerve gas house ranting in gibberish. So you don't know if the gibberish is because of the nerve gas or because of the gas mask. What a rare. uh, Yeah, I shouldn't say rare. It was a very good edit that they made. Yeah. Yeah, again, you, you tell you tell the story with the things that you don't show, just like with the Waterford Crystal at the very <laughs> beginning, bringing it all back around. 
All back around. Truman, what did we learn from this episode? Uh, we learned that that's why you always call home. <laughs> doing a doing a deep arrested development bit. Uh, yeah. Yep. When you take when you take someone's car, even if you're not taking someone's car, if you're staying with them, give them a jingle. It's not that hard. It, you know, it wasn't that hard in the '90s when you had to find a payphone, which which Willow objects to. It's even less hard now. Maybe just send a text, even. But uh, yeah, you know what? It, people care about you, so care about them, and and assume that they're worrying about you if they don't know where you are. That's what I learned. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. I double that. Okay, cool. We we both learned the same lesson. I want to talk about one more thing. Since we're seeing Willow off, we never yeah. really got to the bottom of who she is. Yeah. Um. How do you think she got here? Like, she clearly has family issues. I mean, how was she? How how was she born? You mean like what, how was she? Birthed? No, I mean obviously her mom and dad had sex, and she was. Whoa, you know, whoa, conceived. wait! What? This is the first time hearing of this. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> Well, maybe I shouldn't assume that. I mean, uh, I don't know, 26 in 1998, that would put her in 1970. Was there, I don't know, was that was that a thing back then? Artificial wait, wait, insemination? I, I mean, artificial insemination wasn't a thing. The Summer of Love was in 1969, though, so actually it is, I guess, pretty likely that her parents, uh, that her parents I, did that strange thing that you're talking about that I've never heard of before. <laughs> um, but I'm saying, you know, her parents clearly aren't in the picture, and she clearly has family issues and trust issues and... Yada, yada, yada. What do you think her journey was before she got to Wilson? I don't know. Do you think, the, I mean, are you suggesting maybe she came up in some sort of orphanage or something like that? That she's an orphan or, uh, I don't know. I, don't know. I mean, uh, do you think her parents were around and she just had a certain uh, sense of freedom? Oh, I see. She, uh, you know, yeah, maybe because of the absentee parents, she was able to be kind of a, kind of a, no, not a wastrel, but maybe an urchin, a street urchin wandering the, the streets of uh, Royal Oak or whatever <laughs> other town she was living in. Just kind of willow twist. Yeah, ex- exactly, exactly. Please, sir, I Please, want some more sir, weed. can I have some more? Oh, man, patchouli, <laughs> glorious patchouli. <laughs> Consider yourself at home in my yurt. <laughs> I know I know a surprising number of songs from Oliver. That's really something. <laughs> wow. Um, <laughs> I don't even know where to go from that. I, I, I don't either. I don't even know what possible word it could have been, short of... Uh, 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 I didn't... Well, th- th- this falls on me. I didn't lead you there quite... Wayward? Quite well enough. I, I got distracted by Willow Twist. <laughs> <laughs> Will, Willow twists sound like a uh, a bad healthy snack food. <laughs> That's true. Um, the okay, I guess I'll give you one more clue. Um, if she was, if her parents were still around, but had to kind of leave her with, leave her alone, uh, maybe pick her up. Uh, like, from oh, what, oh, a place uh, after school. You're saying she's a latchkey kid? Wow, you really let ding, me. Ding, ding, this ding, ding, ding. Oh. <laughs> Landed. <laughs> I don't know. I felt like I was guiding the witness on that one. You were guiding the witness, but in our defense, Gruntwork Nights has been really bad recently, so people shouldn't be paying for it. <laughs> uh, maybe I got to make the game harder. It's been two in a row. It's three well, this no, season. You got you, you. You guided me right to that one. Like, oh, did her parents have to pick her up from someplace? Like, you gave me a lot of chances on that one. Okay, all right. P- patrons, sound off on the Discord. Does uh, do you want the free month uh, on, oh. on that one? It, it feels a little cheap. I don't know. Inmates, would you like the keys to the asylum? Sound off. 
<laughs> I don't. We've we've had some we've had some descenders before. Cr criminals, would you like all crime to be legal? Do you think we should do a purge situation? <laughs> <laughs> all right, hey, let's get out of here. Um, hey, hey, people do, at the strip club, do you want us to stop charging a cover? Do you want the drinks to be free? Sound off. <laughs> Uh, I do have something to say, actually. Um, yeah. We are, this is episode 19. We are Oof. nearing the end of the season already. Holy oh, man. crap. And I haven't even started to think about the Super Spectacular. Oh, God, um, neither have I. But I have been thinking about the bonus episodes. Clearly, okay, we never actually mentioned this on air. We, <laughs> we recorded a bit that made fun of the fact that we did the live show but that we were recording before we did the live show, but it was coming out after the live show, and we never actually did a live show. <laughs> I, You know, and listen, I should have cut that bit out, but we made a lot of funny jokes, and we are not often funny on this show, so whenever we are no, actually funny, true. we I, I, we got to keep every one of those bits, even if it confuses the listeners. I submit to evidence, Your Honor, the last hour and 50 minutes of this show. <laughs> Oh, boy. Oh, boy, folks. You're only finding out now that it's not good. Okay. Anyway, so yes. I've been thinking about a lot of bonus episodes, and I think we're going to take an extended break between seasons because I don't know if you noticed, we didn't take a mid-season break this time. We we decided oh. to gruel through it for you. Yeah, we grueled right through. We're too gruel, gruel for school. Like, I have Oliver Twist on the brain. <laughs> I'm <laughs> thinking of gruel. Um, Wait, you, you, guys, you guys are like, please, sir, I want less. Stop doing so much. <laughs> Well, listen, we're giving them the option to to sound their voice off. Uh, we have some ideas for bonus episodes that we didn't get to do in our mid-season break, the live show that we didn't get to do about Soul Man. We can still do. Um, I, I want to know what you want to hear for bonus episodes this year. Uh, as we take an extended break, we could do them all at once. We could, you know, parse them out over time. Um Sound off. Let us know. Uh, hit us up on Twitter, Instagram, or join our Discord and uh, let us know in there. What do you want to see for, for bonus episodes? Yeah, what what the fuck do you people want? Just tell us. Just tell us what you want. <laughs> what you really, really want. <laughs> Yo, I'll tell you what I want. What I really, really want. Yeah. That, that was me role-playing as one of our uh, listeners. Oh, okay. And see, I would I would continue with the lyrics, except like most pop culture products from from that time period, I know only the the very top line of it and cannot continue the bit. So I wanna, I wanna, I wanna, I wanna, I wanna oh, zigga 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 zigga. Are we gonna slam our bodies down and then turn it all around at some point? Because <laughs> I'm about ready to. <laughs> <laughs> yes uh likewise so uh, let us know what you want to see us do for our bonus episodes between seasons uh we haven't done an audio commentary in a while but that might be hard cross country yeah yeah when we're not we in the same place they don't get their hopes up for that yeah I'm, well i think we might be able to pull that up but anyway get creative let us know and uh we will not make any promises but take it under consideration truman do you have anything else you want to cover in this episode I got nothing else I want to cover on this episode. Then let's get the fuck out of Dodge. Hell Rookwork yeah. is made possible by our patrons. If you enjoyed today's episode and want to help us create the show, consider becoming an official Grunthead sponsor over at patreon.com slash gruntworkpod. Leave us a rating review wherever you listen to these podcasts because it's the fastest, easiest way to support us, and it really goes a long way to help others find the show. Stop by to say hi to us on Twitter or Instagram at gruntworkpod, or visit our website at www.gruntworkpodcast.com slash Ireland. <laughs> where you can also see other information on today's episode uh, and <laughs> sign up for a weekly newsletter to be notified whenever a new episode is released. Yes, I know it hasn't gone out in a while. It will be coming back this week. Until next week, 
when we bring you another episode of Home Improvement. I'm Landon Solano. I'm Truman Caps, not singing. And remember, may the leprechauns dance over your bed and bring you sweet dreams of Leprechaun 4 in space. Oh, <laughs>